Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. Writing online is a career fast track, but with over 203 million freelance writers worldwide, it's easy to get lost in the pack. So how can you stand out? Peak Freelance gives you the tools to find better clients, raise your rates, and focus on doing work you enjoy. Access a supportive community of like-minded freelancers and experienced writers who make a living writing. All Access members unlock a library of resources, templates, and interviews with content pros like me to grow and scale your business. There's never been a better time to invest in your freelance writing business. So are you ready to take the leap? If so, visit peakfreelance.com membership and use the code FWC10 to get 10% off an all access membership. Not every freelance writer is super excited about doing speaking engagements, but I'm sure that there are some people listening out there who are trying to get more into the realm of speaking on a regular basis. And if you're like me, maybe this is something you're really leaning into this year as people are getting back to events and travels becoming, I don't know, at least right now at the time of recording, people are starting to travel a little bit more and who knows where that will be months from now. I've given up trying to predict things. But anyways, today we're going to talk about speaking engagements and should you do them? If you do them, how should you approach it? What are the pros and cons? We're going to dive into this. And like I said, this is something I've really been focusing on in the past six to 12 months, which is kind of a 180 for me. I I was kind of anti-speaking there for a while, mostly because I was scared, but I'm trying to get over it and get more into it. And I've got a bunch of them lined up for the next three months. So I can talk a little bit about that. But Emma, I want to hear from you, especially with your background, being on stage, doing stand-up comedy. What's your stance on speaking in a like in a business context right now? Is that something you're trying to do more of? Yeah, I would say it's not a huge focus for me this year in my business. I focused on it a lot in 2019. Actually, like before the pandemic, like I had a goal of getting on stage and doing speaking gigs. I wanted to do these kind of big scale talks at conferences and I was able to do that and it was fun and I got a lot out of it. And then I had my son and the idea of traveling around to various conferences to give a talk is not on my priority list. Although virtual options are interesting to me. I feel like it's something that I would say yes to if it came my way. I'm certainly not like saying no to speaking. I wouldn't say that it's a huge focus for me at this stage in my business. And I do think for anyone listening, like speaking is something that can totally ebb and flow like that. Like you can choose to really focus on it and try and book speaking engagements and focus on that. Or you can just say like, that's not super important to me right now. But I think maybe what's good to talk to, Kelly, is like, well, why do it at all? And like, why can we sort of ebb and flow in and out of speaking? Why do you want to focus on it this year? Like, what's in it for you? I think there are a couple of reasons for me. I think after two and a half years of really not traveling and just being at home, I'm ready to travel some more. And for me, a speaking engagement is 
potentially scary, but I feel like now at 33, I'm getting to the point where I'm just getting more comfortable with myself and, and with those type of situations. Whereas I feel like in my, all of my twenties, it was just like a huge source of panic and anxiety for me. So I don't know what changed, but I'm trying to embrace that and and lean into it a little bit more. So travel is a big one for me. The other thing too, is I really like uh, panel moderation specifically because I feel like I'm naturally oriented toward asking a lot of questions and being really curious. So anytime I get to speak either in a virtual context or on stage at an event and ask questions, that's interesting to me. And then the, the final thing I think is it's a good authority builder for me. I don't know that it's ever going to generate like new clients for my business, potentially like in a consulting setting, but I'm not really looking to take on more client writing work. So really, it's just kind of like, I feel like this is the next phase of my business that I'm in where I want to share what I've learned along the way. And so I will frame this though. I'm really trying only to do paid speaking engagements because like you said, traveling is a big ask. It takes a lot of time out of your schedule, getting there, getting back. There's delays. It's, you know, exhausting. So I'm only trying to do ones where there's some sort of financial incentive. And that includes when travel costs are covered on top of a speaker fee. So that's kind of my caveat to all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an important one. I think you bring up something interesting about speaking, which is that like for you, it actually sounds like it's something that you're doing for yourself in many ways. Like you're doing it to travel, you're doing it to build authority, you're doing it to sort of grow as a person. Of course, it may have some benefits for your business. You may meet people by doing it. It's a way for you to show up and build sort of the awareness that Kaylee Moore exists and talks about these things and has an expertise on these topics. I'm sure it like keeps you fresh, but for you, it's less about like, oh, it's like a a massive like pipeline driver for me for leads or something like that. It's not like you're sort of looking to build a cult of personality by being on a big stage. I thought it was really interesting that you said like, oh, I actually really like being part of a panel as opposed to being like on stage giving like a rock star session. Like that sounds like that's less interesting. Yeah, I feel like it's less pressure that way, but it still gets me on stage and it it gets me talking to interesting people. And I think you made a good point. I think maybe that's the reason that I'm not so anxious about it anymore is like, I'm not going in with something to prove. I'm doing it because I want to do it. Not because I feel like I need to do this for my business or like I need to generate leads and business for my client work. It's just kind of like, I just want to do it. It just sounds like a good thing to do. Yeah, one of the turning points for me that led me to want to do more speaking was that I recognized that I had like an extreme wealth of knowledge that I wasn't able to share with others. Like I was like, I've built this really successful freelance business. I feel like the next step is to kind of share what I know with a bigger audience. And actually like maybe part of the reason I'm not so like gung-ho about speaking right now is also because we're doing this podcast and this provides such an awesome way for us to talk about everything we've learned in our businesses, talk about all the nuances, share it with others and really like help people grow. Like I feel like that's kind of the next level once you've been really successful at something, you're like, okay, well, how can I, you get, it gets stale, right? Like I think that's part of it. It's like after you've been doing this for a certain number of years, it gets stale. You want to teach others. You want to try speaking. You want to like expand all of the things that, that you do. I do want to talk about like 
how to book speaking gigs. And like for anyone who's listening, who's like, yeah, I'd love to speak. Like being on a panel sounds great. A virtual event sounds great. Because one thing, like I really like virtual right now for business stuff, just because like my life, circumstances of my life, I don't want to be doing much travel. Whether you want to do a panel or you want to be a speaker, like for me, it was way more interesting to be like a speaker, like a big speaker and do a big talk than be on a panel. I mean, I'd be happy to be on a panel too, because I think it's less pressure, as you said. But like, I think I'm sort of like, I want to book the main stage a little bit. And like, I don't want to do that right now. But like, I think, yeah, like there's, there's a few different ways. So what do we think are like good ways for somebody to get started if they're kind of like, oh, maybe I want to do some speaking? Yeah, I think it's good to, first of all, start small. So maybe like, Speak to your local chamber of commerce, or if you have like a rotary club or find some low stakes environment where you can get some experience and work out the kinks, just like with, I'm sure what you do with stand up, it's good to have practice and you just kind of hone your, your nuance to your speaking as you go. The other thing I think it's important to just put it out there that you're looking to do more speaking. So tell your friends and family, put it out there in the world talk about it on social media, that you're looking to do more of this. I think this is especially important for women to do because so often these conferences, these panels, these events, it's so male dominated and we need more female voices in the mix. So just raising your hand and saying, I want to do more of this, I think is helpful to get it in the back of people's minds. I think the other thing too is have a page on your website where maybe you talk about some of the topics that you can speak about. You can give some ballpark costs. You can set some expectations for, you know, if you require your travel to be covered. And I think the really strategic thing is if you have a reel of you speaking, even if it's just like a YouTube video of you talking to the camera so that people can get a feel for what your presentation style is like, all of those are really smart things to do and kind of actionable steps you can take. Yeah. I mean, I think this is making me think that like when you start doing this, you also need to figure out like, what kind of messages or information are you going to share? Like, what are the topics that you want to speak on? And there may be a variety of them, right? Like, it's not like there's, you only talk about how to write a website and that's it. And obviously the talks can be tailored to different audiences, but I do think it's important before you sort of like get going on all this to say like, well, what do I want to speak to and what audiences do I want to speak to and why? So I felt like I have a couple of different audiences that I speak to. The first audience is freelance writers, like the people listening to this, I guess I would call other service-based businesses. And so to those audience, I've talked about things like how to use relationships to propel your business forward, why you need confidence as a business owner. I gave a talk about that, uh, copywriting tips for improving a personal website. I've talked about that less maybe essential for a freelance writer, but other service-based businesses can get value out of that. And then the other audience is startup, venture capitalists, other like B2B executive types software people that might be interested in improving their marketing or helping others improve their marketing in the case of venture capitalists often. So like that would be, I've given lots of talks about like how to create compelling case studies for SaaS products, how to figure out what your customers are actually thinking, like using user-generated content and some things like this. So like these are just, those are like some of the audiences. And for me, it's like, those are audiences that I want to be in front of. One is because 
the startup audience is like, I do want them to hire me or know that I exist, or like, I want them to think of me as an authority in the space. And then for the service-based business owners, like I want to teach them and help them grow their business. Right. So like there is kind of like some light strategic aim to like who I'm talking to. So it's not totally random. Yeah. And for me, I don't know why I never had this click before, but I have been doing a lot of sessions and talks based off of articles that I've written in the past. So like the groundwork is already done. I've already done the heavy lifting of like digging up the data points, the research, laying out the structure of the story arc and all that. And really all I have to do is put it in a visual format with some slides. So there's one presentation in in particular that I really just based off of an article that I wrote for Vogue Business a few years back and have repackaged it a few different ways to kind of suit the the audience a little bit better. But I know the topic so well because I wrote about it and I did all the the hard work of like really digging into the topic that it made it super easy to translate and to talk about and to feel really confident about the things that I was saying too, because I knew the subject matter so well. It wasn't something that I was building from scratch just for the sake of the presentation. Yeah. And I think what you have to remember is that like, sometimes you think, oh, I know all about writing case studies. So like everyone else does too. And that's actually like not true. So I think it's important when you're thinking about speaking to get out of the line of thinking of like, oh, everyone, probably everybody knows about this. This is like not interesting. This is not expertise. I know I was kind of in that rut with it for a while. Yeah. I was also going to say that like, I have a talk that I give about how to create case studies and I've given it multiple times. And every time I give it, I repurpose it a little bit for the audience or like swap out some examples or whatever. But like now if someone asks me to give a talk and they want me to talk about case studies, like I barely have to do any work, right? Because it's like done. So I think that's something cool that once you create a talk, you can use it again and again, potentially. And that's why I think it's important to think about like, well, what message do you want to be sharing? I have a question for you really quick before we move on. So I have a talk coming up in about a week and a half, about 10 days at this point, and you're going to be there. And one of the things I want to be better at is like getting the audience to like me and embrace me right off the bat before I even get into the presentation. So with your background in standup, I'm so curious, like I'd love to get up there and make a easy breezy joke and like get the audience on my side right off the bat. Do you have any tips or suggestions for me? Well, what is the talk on? Yeah. So this is on like how to scale up your content team with the help of freelance writers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not that it necessarily matters. I'm just trying to like put myself there. I think when people try too hard, it's like an immediate turnoff. So I think like making a joke is good or being open and vulnerable is good, but if it comes off as inauthentic or fake, then that doesn't work at all. It's interesting because I haven't like been to a business conference since I've started doing stand-up. So I haven't seen how people sort of like incorporate jokes into the beginning. But now that you're talking about it, so one thing that I do is both talks that I give, I start with something like really weird. (laughs) And this is kind of like a joke. So I... For my case study talk, like I think the first slide of the talk is a picture of a bidet, uh, like a toilet seat, like that sprays your butt, like clean of poop. And then I'm like, yeah. And people are like, what? Like I thought I was like getting a talk on case studies. And I'm like, okay, like why do I have like a picture of a toilet on the screen? Like it's because, and then I talk about how somebody recommended it to me and the power of social proof and blah, 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 blah. And like I am 
somewhat graphic about what a bidet is, whatever. But then that actually like goes into case studies and why they matter. And I kind of like bring that example up throughout the piece. I mean, that's like real potty humor, which I wouldn't like recommend leaning into. I just happened to do that in that particular talk. And then the other talk, I gave a talk about like being confident as a business owner to a group of copywriters. And that talk starts with like the first slide is a slide of Snoop Dogg, of me and Snoop Dogg, because from when I met Snoop Dogg. What? Wait, pause. When did you meet Snoop Dogg? I was in college. I went to a Snoop Dogg concert and I managed to get backstage. Whoa, cool. So, and there is a very fabulous picture of me with Snoop Dogg. Even when you said that, I was like, oh, I don't know how you start funny. But then I'm like, oh, actually, look, I start both of my big talks that I give like in a very weird way. So I start with the Snoop Dogg picture. And then I talk about how like nobody's as confident as Snoop Dogg because it's about confidence in business. And like one of the things that's really like crazy about Snoop Dogg is he does like all of these sponsorships and he has like no shame at all. And if you like look on his Instagram, like it's just like the most random shit ever. And like he like doesn't give a shit. And so I talk about that. Like I then I like show his Instagram and I'm like, this is someone who's like so confident. He doesn't give a shit about posting this particular picture. And I pull up like a picture. It's like, we don't even know what that is. And like, he doesn't carry Snoop Dogg. Like he is confident that he can just go out there and do that. So like, let's talk about what it means to be confident, right? Like, and so that's kind of how I bring it up. So I feel like any kind of like unexpected analogy that you can kind of start with for a talk, like that seems to work. Like, I think I win people over with this kind of stuff because they're like, oh, this is like weird. Like I went to a business talk and there's like Snoop Dogg on the screen. And I feel like, Like you could even start a talk about like hiring subcontractors with like, I feel like you could show like a picture perfect Instagram influencer and then like populate the screen with all all of the people who helped her create this perfect picture. So like, you know, you see these perfect pictures on Instagram and then you're like, okay, like here's so-and-so. She seems like the perfect mom. Like she has it all together, but like, here's the truth about what's going on. And then it's like, her dog kept her up all night. She has a nanny that takes care of all of these kids. She has a house cleaner that comes once a day, whatever, like all the things are like, she actually has a trust fund, like whatever all of those things are. And then be like, the whole point of all of this is that like, if you have a picture that is as beautiful as this, nobody should have the expectation that you can create this all by yourself. So why do we expect as freelancers that we can create the perfect business all by ourselves, right? Like that is just like a, an example. You just spitballed that and that's really good. But like something like that, right? Where you're trying to demonstrate or like, I mean, there's many things that I think look easy or look beautiful and there there's like a lot behind that with a lot of people specifically. So like think through that as you're- Yeah, please don't judge me. Now I'm going to be like, oh man, I asked for help. And if I suck at this, she's going to (laughs) know. Oh no, 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 no. No, I, no. That was really good. That was a super good example. I hope everybody wrote that down. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about, do you have any other tips for like if people want to do more speaking or like, do you think it's valuable in general? Like I kind of want your overarching take on, I feel like freelance writers specifically put a lot of pressure on themselves as like, this is the next stage of my business. I need to do this. Do you think that's true? No, I don't think that speaking is like necessary. I think that it 
often comes when you are building authority and you're becoming known for things. So like if you start a podcast or you start a YouTube series or you're posting on LinkedIn all the time, or you're like, you're gaining lots of followers or people know you for a certain thing, then like oftentimes people will like ask you to speak, right? So it comes naturally sometimes, but I don't think it's kind of like necessary. And I don't think that for most freelance writers, it's going to be any kind of big revenue generator. I definitely don't think it's necessary. And I think that like that travel that we talked about can be really difficult. So if it's not for you, like that's fine. If it is for you, and it might be if you're listening to this episode at all, I do think it's important to talk about like, well, where do you get started? So I would say like start small in the sense of like local events. You're like, you might have like, I think there's like, you know, a freelance writing Austin, Texas group that I've spoken for. Like there might be something like that in your city. I think like virtual events can be like a great way to get started. Hosting your own virtual event, like hosting your own workshops and all of those things that helps because like, if you even like big conferences, they will accept pitches from people, but you sort of need to have like some proof that you know what you're doing to, uh, for them to have you like come on stage. Right. So like, that's another good option. Yeah. Like the people like take pitches They're They're often looking for speakers. I think when you're just starting, like it's okay to speak for free when you're going down the line. And if it's really becoming a thing, you want to get paid for those, the speaking engagements. A note on that really quickly. I think the thing to be mindful of is that when you do take unpaid speaking engagements, I think it's important to make sure that the trade-offs are strong enough that the fact that you're going to be traveling, you're going to be away from your desk, it's potentially time that you can't spend working or can't spend doing focused work. Like, is the upside enough for it to be worthwhile? Because I feel like sometimes getting the opportunity to be a speaker is really exciting and it makes you feel special. And that can kind of give you like shiny object syndrome and, and, it can be dangerous because then you're like, oh, I've got four speaking engagements this month and none of them are paid. And now I can't do my client work. And it's a tricky balance. Yeah. And it's a lot of work to do speaking. It's a lot of work. I mean, we talked about like creating a talk. I've actually hired a speaking coach the first time I did like a really big talk in front of lots of people because I was so nervous about it. So I think it like actually cost me money by the time I was done with the speaking coach, but it was still like worth it for me to, to have some help. Yeah. I think it's not like an end-all be-all thing of a place you need to take your business, but it is like a really good way of building authority. It's also a great way of meeting people. Like if you go to these conferences, you meet people face-to-face, even if it's not leading to work directly, it's just like great to get to know people. It may very well lead to work. I think once people like know who you are and they've met you in person, like that is, like I, I sometimes feel like people rely too much on the internet, freelance writers where like a lot of the best connections that I have in the space are from people like I know in person, even if I initially met them online. That's the other thing I wanted to say too, was like, even if you're speaking at a conference, don't feel like you have to go to every session at the conference because you're supposed to. I think you often get more out of it when you like make plans to meet up with people who are at the conference to go out for lunch or get coffee or go to dinner It's like the stuff that happens outside of the sessions when you're supposed to be quiet, not talk to anybody that's much more valuable than sitting in the sessions. Yeah, I always find that too. Although it depends a little bit on what the sessions are and what stage you are in your business. Like these days, like I don't feel like I get that much out of conferences, but I get a lot out of the people. And it's good for me to help me feel fresh and to get like a high level view of what I'm doing with my work. 
it's cool because it brings together a lot of the people you probably know from the internet into one place. So it's good for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that when it comes to like booking the gigs and stuff is like, very, like I think the advice that we would give around speaking and finding those engagements is very similar to the advice we would give around like getting new clients where it's kind of like, you have to look at what's available, start really small, be really scrappy about it. And once you book one, it will kind of demystify it for you. And you can kind of continue to be well on your way. And I would say like, don't be afraid to like host your own events, right? Like host your own webinar, like on a topic that's interesting to you. Like you and I hosted our own retreat and like gave ourselves a stage, right? So I think there are options like that as well if sort of getting in front of people is important to you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.